Welcome to this week's edition of Riff Raff News and we're recording this on Thursday the 28th of December 2023 so Sean and I are getting out our crystal ball and we're going to tell you what's going to happen in 2024. So let's get started then and have a look at what we're predicting for the coming year to see what's happening. We're going to have a look at world events first guy is that okay with you? Yep. That was a good, good way to start. Um, yeah. Uh, there's obviously two major events that have affected um, everything this year. Uh, the, the continuing mm. war in Ukraine and, and trouble that's erupted in Israel, Gaza, after the October the 7th um, uh, slaughter. So Ukraine itself, um, we've sort of reached a stalemate, haven't we? There's not much movement on the front lines. Uh, the, there's lots of... Uh, boy, boosterism from um, from Putin in respect of their saying that they're sticking to the original uh, objectives of their special operation but other than taking a few minor villages here and there and similarly a, a bit of a boost for the Ukrainians over the festive period if you like when they they appear to have blown up a ship in, in Crimea yeah not really a lot of movement and I think there's weariness isn't there in the Western world um, as to uh, as to how far this can this can go I think the elements of uh, Eastern European nations which are very very much understandably I think because they're almost in the theatre of war want to continue to support mm. Ukraine in their fight against uh, Russia but at the further you move away from from Ukraine, I think the other than, other than the UK, which I think is fairly staunch in their support, then then support seems to fade away, doesn't it? And until you get to the states, where I think Biden's very much in favour of continuing to support Ukrainian efforts, but we've got the shadow of Trump, who I'm sure we'll talk about later in in this pod, um, looming over all of this. So, my prediction for Ukraine is that we won't move very far and sometime i think probably during the summer there'll be pragmatic negotiations going on behind the scenes and that there'll be um i don't think there'll ever be a settlement to this particular issue but there'll be a what they call a frozen conflict effectively in eastern europe almost back to how we were before this all kicked off but with the russians having a little bit more control over over the donbass um and then of course following on from that i think we'll we'll be back in another arms race because i think the russians and the western world will, will now feel that they have to rearm to face the threat of the the other side effectively i don't know what your your thoughts are on that one no i think that's a very a very uh, very possible outcome um i've been watching things like you have uh, what's 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 interesting to me is how in the last sort of nine months since the Prigozhin um effort mm. uh putin's star has risen and mm. as you say he's far more confident um, he's rearmed his army. Uh, uh, lots of effort, as we discussed on the previous pod, and budget put into defence. Signed deals with India and North Korea in terms of supply of armaments, mm. um, drones. Um, and, and so it, it, for the equipment of war, he's in a better position than he was, say, uh, a year ago. And with Zelensky, it's almost the opposite. Um, the the Western aid came, but arguably way too late after uh, the Russians had dug in uh, with the dragon's teeth, mm. and therefore the the so-called um, uh, sort of fight back uh, didn't didn't really mm. ma counteroffensive didn't mm. materialise, um, and and in fact uh, involved quite a few losses. And the other thing for Zelensky is. I'm not saying he's running out, but he's he's obviously suffering a significant loss of personnel. Mm. And the f the first draft were arguably younger, fitter men. 
and there's there's a limit to the number of Ukrainians who can support this effort, whereas obviously Russia have more resources. So add all that together, then you you start to see that perhaps um, Zelensky might uh, accept some sort of negotiated settlement away from his hardline position of we want everything back, including Crimea. Um, the question is, does Putin sense this weakness and go for the jugular? Mm. Or does does he sort of say, at the end of the day, this is probably worth compromising on because it's took up much more resource than I ever thought? I, I want to believe your scenario because I want peace for the Ukrainian people more than anything else. But I do rather think that Putin is a, a long-termist other than his advancing years, he's a long-termist, and that's just the way the Russians do things. And I do wonder whether we'll still be in conflict um, in 2025. So so my prediction is I want you to be right, <laughs> but I do, I do fear that Putin will tighten the screw. Well, I, I'm going. not even sure um, I want myself to be right. I, I'd almost, obviously, I think right. we're both in the position we'd like it to like him to be pushed back but i don't i don't think that that pragmatically yeah. i don't think that's going to happen no i don't think that's going to happen no. i don't think we got the resources without without nato being involved and obviously yeah. no one wants that so i i think um i think we may be having a similar conversation in a year's time right well we're going to write all these down and keep them in some tin box in the garden oh, are we? i'm sure yeah, right. <laughs> and, and revisit them but um yeah, I think we're we we're on slightly different page there, aren't we? And um, we'll we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. So on to the other um, the other conflict that's having a huge impact, isn't it, on on uh, yeah. uh, policy Massive. around the Western world, and that's um, uh, Israel, Gaza, and the the events that have taken place since October in. Uh, that that part of the world that seems to be continually in conflict, doesn't it? One one way or another. Um, I don't know. I'll let you lead on this. What do you what do you think? What are your predictions on Israel? Gaza? Well, funnily enough, I was thinking about the, the 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 two leaders here of Putin and Netanyahu, and, and seeing a lot of similarities mm. uh, in a lot of single-minded focus, mm. notwithstanding world opinion. Uh, which in both cases, as you'd argue now, against them both. Uh, no one could do anything but sympathise with Netanyahu on the 7th of October. But things have changed as um, mm. as the assault on, on Gaza has just intensified. So that was the first thing I thought, how similar in, yeah. in, in sort of resolve they both were. Um, and and I, th I think it's inevitable that... Um, the Israelis will achieve their aims of, I don't want to say getting rid of um, Hamas, but but eliminating all their um, identifiable military assets, mm. and and then uh, I, I actually not sure how they intend to allow um, uh, Gaza to be governed thereafter. No, uh, but but one would imagine that, um, that there'll be a foot placed on the ball, and and then they'll be looking for a political solution to follow mm. Um, mm. where there is um, some sort of credible uh, election and um, uh, a new governing force is is elected. And then, then it's a matter of time uh, before uh, there's a, a stable um, control in that area. Uh, and then my fear is, of course, these underlying currents, the... The Hamas movement and people who have lost loved ones. Then, in how long will that take to bubble up again? But yeah. maybe that's the second conversation. But so I, th I think you know I'm going to go for sort of um, three to six months time. I think Israel will have achieved their objectives, and then we'll find out what Plan B is. Mm, yeah, well, I, I go with most of that. I think um, I think they're going to go through and continue until they've. Um until they've achieved their objectives with regard to Hamas, and their objectives have been slightly scaled back because I heard their their spokesman, you know, this guy Regev, who appears all over the yeah, place yeah, on, yeah. The, on the press, actually saying yesterday that they accept that Hamas as an idea can never be stamped out. 
but they they want to to um, eradicate the possibility of them having any military asset usable military assets within within the Gaza Strip. So that's a step uh, a step back from you know the the original talk of getting rid of Hamas altogether, which was never a um, I'm sure never a pragmatic, mm. sensible idea. Okay. But they 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 um, they're trying to get rid of them out of out of Gaza itself. It's in- interesting, isn't it? Because Hamas are interwoven within the state within Gaza, so they run they like, like they run the civil service, yeah. and they run you know they're like it's yeah. it's Everything. Um, education yeah. hospitals, yeah, yeah. So you know how you how you replace <laughs> one administration with another. Without employing all the same, you, you know, without employing all the same people, it's, it's changing the people at the top, I suppose. But then you've got this problem, and I think you're alluding to it just now. You've got this problem that what happens when the fighting stops? Um, because the Palestinian Authority, quite understandably, are saying we don't want anything to do with this because we're not going. We don't want to be tarred with the brush of colluding with the Israelis in in bombing Gaza to get rid of. Hamas, so they're 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 not they're backing away from it. There was talk of it being some sort of um, pan-Arab um, administration with the Egyptians involved, and but I, I'm not convinced that they'd want that, and I'm not com- not convinced in my own mind that that um, Netanyahu would want that. On top of that, I'm not uh, the way things are going at the moment. And I think this was probably the case even before all of this kicked off. I'm not sure that Netanyahu himself has long left in terms of political power. I think um, regardless of what happens here, he's looked upon as the man who who didn't protect, you know, the, the, yeah, the, the southern the Israel. Yeah, when this all kicked off, he yeah, moved yeah. All, all of the Israeli troops to the West Bank and to the north. There's also speculation that as this progresses, as it goes on, more so in the last few days, that it's going to become a widening conflict and that Hezbollah in the north may be getting involved. So, oh, you know, to try and um, to try and weave your way through where this goes, I, I, I'm not sure. I think the Israelis, or the current administration anyway, want to take on governing uh, Gaza for a period of time which in itself is going to be a, I mean that's a reversion back to how it was before they gave them autom- autonomy effectively quite quite how that would work at the moment how you would you would have a have an Israeli administration governing Gaza I think that would be a, a nightmare I don't think the Americans would stomach that and then you come on to this idea that United Nations might get involved and there might be a United Nations peacekeeping force within them. All, all the while, the, the, the people who are suffering are the, obviously the poor people of Gaza and, and um, you know, the people of Israel as well because they're still firing rockets in, in from the Gaza Strip into, yeah. into Tel Aviv, so I understand. So the prediction then, the prediction as to where we go, I think I'm with you. But I, I think I'm almost reverse of what you said. I don't think, um, I'm not sure three to six months it'll be finished. I think we'll still be, um, faith. I, I fear that Hezbollah will be getting involved. Uh, there's already, the Houthis are already involved in the, uh, down in the uh, the Gulf, aren't they? In the, in the sense that they're um, yeah. stopping shipping down there and, and that in itself and the Americans are I was reading yesterday that they keep firing the Houthis keep firing off these drones you know the drones yeah. Used. yeah 2,000 pounds a hit apparently the drones are so they're not they're relatively cheap you know in terms of and the Americans are, are, are sending up to shoot them down they're sending up anti-ballistic missiles which are about five million a time or whatever you just shoot them down so, so yeah can, I saw that you know, and uh and also, yeah. the the very practical thing is, at some point, these missiles have to be replaced. The ship has to return to port, mm. and the missiles have to be replaced. You, yeah, I, I must admit, no, rather naively, one thought you'd be able to stop them. Um, whilst at sea, <laughs> excuse me, my cold just got yeah. back worse there. But um, yeah, um, yeah, there is a risk of it spreading. Yeah. Um, but 
and and then there's the the other thing the real practical thing is the who who is going to pay for and carry out um the restoration of gaza of gaza yeah yeah because it's an abs- it's just from what we see it's bombed into oblivion isn't it yeah yeah yeah, it's, it's yeah, it it, it it looks like a, a wasteland, doesn't it? It's just um, I'm well. I'm assuming again. I would think there'd be, a, <laughs> I, it'd be American money that would need to come in, wouldn't it? I think, ultimately, um, because they wouldn't want um, they wouldn't want the Chinese and the Russians getting a foothold in, in Gaza, would they? I don't think so. I think it would have to be American money. Um, and 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 we we would have to see, but I think the the quid pro quo of that is I think the Americans would then have their their foot well and truly on the Israeli windpipe in terms of a two state solution, because you're not gonna you're not gonna pump money back you know into this if it's gonna all this is gonna kick off again are you really I think they mm. they'd have to have some sort of assurances from a future administration which one would hope would be more amenable I think I think once um. Once the Israelis go to the polls again, they're going to turn away from the right wing um, and, and head back more towards the uh, the centre and the, the Labour Party and the yeah. people, you know. But, uh, so that's all pretty grim, isn't it? All pretty grim. Yep, so um, it's all grim, really. Yeah. So should we have a break now and um, and come we'll back have a break. and talk about the uh, yeah talk about domestic politics. So on to the economy and our predictions for the economy, uh, the UK economy, let's be clear, um, Mm. for 2024. Um, We've covered quite a lot in the last two pods about the outlook of inflation and therefore interest rates, which are such key drivers of economic activity. Um, So I'm going to be optimistic about 2024. And I'm going to say that, in fact, inflation will, after probably a little bit of a bump in January will move back towards sort of two and a half, three percent by the back end of the year. And as a result of that, uh, we will see um, bank rate fall from its current level of five and one quarter percent to below four percent. That's what I think will happen. Um, That won't all happen at once. It'll probably happen in quarters. And I think we'll be obviously led by our own figures, but also what happens in the States as well. So I think those two key levers will act as a fillip for um, economic growth, uh, which um, we've seen basically go to zero Mm. over the last few months. And sometimes it's 0.1 negative, sometimes 0.1 positive. I think we'll see a pickup in economic growth to between half and one percent i think it'll surprise people i think uh, the, the reality is that um incomes are now outpacing inflation and that is happening mm. people don't necessarily feel great because they haven't seen the benefit of that yet no uh, and like it or lump it we're going to see in march we are going to see some tax cuts um we're just we're definitely going to see that and you add all that together, I think we are going to to have a more positive outlook on the UK economy. So that's what I think. What do you think? Well, I'd, I'd go with most of that. I think that your your um, in, inflation predictions, I would concur with. I think that the um, the governor w- will still be writing letters to the end of the year, but maybe come in 2025... Um, he, he may be able to put his writing pen back in the drawer for a period of time. Um, nice. <laughs> I, I've no doubt, uh, you know, we're going to keep politics out of this, and I am to a degree, but I've no doubt that the government will claim uh, credit for this, which um, I think it's, uh, you know, they've, they've said that they couldn't, that it couldn't be prevented from going sky high because of world events, and I think it's the same as causing this that world of it now that of course assumes i think we we spoke last week didn't we in our pod about um as Macmillan said events dear boy events and uh, and i think yeah all things being equal yeah yeah absolutely and i think there are things around the world that could um 
affect inflation and not least problems with oil supply but we'll, we'll see how it goes all things being equal as you say i think i'd probably concur um with with what you said as as regards growth obviously during this period of time as well which we'll come on to in a minute we've got an election haven't we so or, or so it'll be interesting to see if as and when a change in policies with regard to um, how we stimulate the economy will have the benefit of of, um, of of larger growth over the course of the year or whether it will or, wh- or whether it will detract from it um I'd probably go with what you're saying I think probably one uh, percent all the all the analysts seem to be predicting that that Britain will outperform their rivals in terms of growth over the next term yeah i've seen that yeah with the possible exception of the u.s where the the economy's motoring along isn't it i don't think anybody's getting anywhere near them at the moment um so yeah i'd go with that i think it's um everything staying as it is at the moment it's looking a bit brighter on that front none of that i think as you quite rightly said will feed through into people's um, pockets quick enough to make them feel positive about the future so um, we'll see in terms of the um, again you were talking about um, wage growth out, outpacing inflation which it may well do but of course over the last two or three years we've had it significantly less than than inflation yeah. and that, that's that's I mean, people go into a supermarket at the moment and as we've I think we've stressed time and time again and as most people know because inflation is coming down it doesn't mean that prices are re- you know reducing just no, it going up less slowly and I think people will will hanker back to the prices of goods prior to the um, pandemic and, uh, and and that will have some sort of play into their 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 mental attitude towards um towards who they vote for come the election but yeah I'd agree with your fundamentally I'd agree with your inflation and and growth predictions it it seems an opportune moment here to um, look at what's going to happen with regard to the general election which everybody's expecting within the next 12 months I think they're um, technically entitled to hold off until January or February 2025 that's right yeah, they can. Yeah, but I, do, I, I don't think they will. Um, but then the, this, the, the talk at the moment is after Hunter's announced the date for this um, uh, early spring budget that they're going to be going to the polls in May. That's what um, I saw quite a number of analysts suggesting that that was going to be the case um, earlier, okay. earlier this morning. I'm going to defer from that because I don't think they will. I, I don't think they're going to go to the polls until the autumn because I, I, I happen to think that whatever they announce in the budget in, in, uh, in March will not have had any sort of impact in, in voters' pockets by May. I think they, they need to have some sort of impact. They need, people need to see things within their pay packets and have a visible benefit from it before they're going to be looking to go to the poll. Um, we can come on to the strategy in a minute, but my, my prediction on when the general election would be is November. So I don't know what your thoughts on that particular element are. Yeah, I was going to say October, so October, I, I guess yeah, there's, there's yeah. not really much between that. And for the for a very similar reason, uh, we just had the debate about the economy. I think with falling inflation, falling interest rates and giveaways in March mm. and let's not forget the national insurance giveaway uh, in uh, January which mm. will be about I think 30 pe- 30 quid better off for most people yeah. um, I think um, it would be rather silly not to allow at least some of that pay packet feel good factor to arrive um, in people's sort of wages so um, 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, October, November, which you prefer. I don't really think it makes an awful lot of difference. No, I think I think they're all thereabouts. I think the tail end of the year, I think, will be will be when. Yeah, we'll, should we say autumn and then we're all a winner? Autumn, yeah, we can go happens. with autumn. We can we can concur on autumn. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think. Okay. The, the The interesting part is um, now. I think looking at, uh, at where we stand in terms of. Um, I mean, I had to hark back to Rishi Sunak's five priorities or missions that he set out at the beginning yes. beginning of the year and um, well, just to run through them very briefly we had halving inflation which was a yeah. big tick on that one really isn't it, he's, he's yep. more than halved knocked inflation. it out of the park absolutely yeah. um, not quite so good on the other ones, growing the economy um, we've flatlined on the economy I mean, you, you, yeah flatlined yeah. definitely um, debt falling Debt has actually slightly, again, it's it's not huge, but debt has actually slightly risen. So um, it's failed on that one. Waiting lists. Now, th- there's an argument to be had here that, that certain categories of waiting lists are down. Um, but th- you'd have to be quite um, charitable to suggest that the NHS is in a better state now than it was than it was 12 months ago. And I think those people who are sitting on waiting lists um, with regard to major surgery um, <coughs> would not be keen to suggest that he's succeeding in bringing waiting no. lists down. And the small boats. Well, technically, it's a third down on where it was last year in terms of the numbers okay. coming to right. That's a fact then, right? Yeah. So is that Albania? Maybe? That's mostly the Albanian agreement, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you could argue, although it wasn't to reduce the numbers originally, was it? Do you remember Stop the Boats, wasn't it? On the Stop front? the Boats. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it wasn't that long ago. He was had that in front of the lectern, didn't mm. he? Um, and the Rwanda policy has, has, well, we'll see where that goes in the new year, won't we? But I think that will all, that will all feed into the, um, to the mood in the nation. So if you were a, I'm going to put you on the spot here. If you were yep, a, go for it. a Tory strategist in respect of a general election coming in uh, in uh, the autumn, what would you run on? What would you what would you say to the British people that you feel would most connect with them in terms of getting another term? Well. Um Although I remain to be convinced, I, I, I do recall that immigration uh, does poll very high up on the agenda for Tory voters. Mm. Let's, let's be clear about that. So I can't see that they won't continue to pursue uh, immigration as a key thing. I think um, whatever tax reductions we see between now and the election, they'll probably push on that and say, will you, you know, this is our plan, where's yours, where's your better one? Hmm. And I think they'll go with the economy because that's still where they're regarded as being strong, apart from the Liz Trust debacle. Hmm. Um, so I think they would be three obvious areas, um, immigration, uh, the economy and taxes. Two mm. of those are quite related, I guess, the last two. But, well, they're talking about uh, getting rid I of think, inheritance yeah. tax, aren't they? That's one of the... the, the yeah, you know. or, or reducing it. I saw mm. a headline uh, in the mail. Um, but that one came around, didn't it, um, in the autumn statement and then fizzled out. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It affects so few people, but a lot of people don't realise it doesn't affect them. So... Mm. Mm. It, it, it's one of those where re- reality is different. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, so well, there, well, there we are. If they do change in the spring budget, make changes, generous changes to inheritance tax, Yeah. that that, that will call out Starmer, won't it, or Reeves, and say, come on in, were you going to keep them or not? Yeah, that's an interesting point, isn't it? Because uh, um, I, I guess you'd you'd have to say that if, if um, it depends upon where these these tax cuts are targeted, doesn't it? If the tax cuts are targeted to the vast majority of working Britain, 
if they're if they're increasing the personal allowance, for example, so that or, or yeah, yeah. putting something in place that benefits those who are on lower incomes, then I think Labour would be in a very difficult situation. That would would put them on the spot. I don't think Labour would have any problem with reversing inheritance tax, if I'm honest with you. I think that would be... Similarly, I don't think if they started chopping and changing with the top rate of tax, I think Labour would be on quite solid ground to say we're not in a position to be able to afford this when our public services are falling apart at the seams. I think that's what... You know, the... Um, do you remember the, the election, I forget which year it was, with William Hague um, and, uh, and 10 days to save the pound? Do you remember about the time that, uh, that they were introducing the euro and that was, that was what he, he ran on, 10 days to save the pound? I think Labour will, um, we'll talk about it, but be on fairly solid ground to campaign on the National Health Service. I think that's their... That's their baby, and they're seen as as um, providing the National Health Service with with what it needs to be able to uh, succeed. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure where the tax cuts thing is. Um, I think it maybe works with the population when we're in a time of prosperity, when people are are ironically when people are looking. Um, uh, everybody's quite healthy in terms of money, um, but those at the lower end want to to share in that wealth. I think when things are really tight, I, I, I'm, I'm not so convinced that they wouldn't rather have public services that live up to what they're meant to be doing. I mean, all these councils around the country that are declaring themselves bankrupt. I mean, Woking, so I understand, have recently done that. Um, uh, and that's which it. is incredible if you think about where that is. Mm, mm. And yeah, it, it, it's and money. Yeah, absolutely. It's recently been. Um, I was reading up on this this morning. It's recently been won working council by the Liberal Democrats, but all the the, the this um, position it's found itself in now is because the previous Conservative administration invested loads of money in in real estate effectively bought loads to try and regenerate the the area and the, obviously the 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 book price of that real estate has has collapsed over the intervening years and hence but they they only to be fair to them they only did that because they wanted to plug the gap um uh, between what they'd been receiving from central government and the central government grant and what, what money they had to provide public services you know, yeah, in the long term. So I guess what I'm, again, what I'm getting at is I'm not yeah. sure that the public will ne are necessarily in that uh, mindset at the moment that they want tax cuts. But we'll, um, we'll sort of see on that, won't we, as to... Uh, as to what happens. Yeah, but I, I I know that politicians like to blab on about three things, and so that's those three things are, are, are where I think that Sunat will go. Yeah, yeah. Immigration, economy, tax cuts, and I guess putting it back to you, putting you on the spot, what will Starmer lead on? I think uh, if I were Starmer, um, <coughs> I'd almost take them on on the economy, if I'm honest. Um, because okay. because of the um, uh, because of the trust thing, uh, they're yeah. very they're not you know the, they're not strong on the economy in that regard. I'd take them on on public services most definitely. I'd I'd make the comparison between what what how public services were when Labour last left power, and and um, where they are now yeah. and the money that's been drawn out of yeah. public services over the years, and I think they've got um quite a solid uh, solid spokesman in West Streeting there who's prepared to think the unthinkable. There's almost elements of trying to attract a Tory vote there in terms of looking at reforming and, and, and using what yeah, is necessary. His big issue will be what happens on when his feet are under the desk. True. You know, can, he, can he walk the walk talk? But, uh, absolutely. But I agree. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, so I, I, I'd go with that. Well, uh, they're also talking about um, the uh, you know family-friendly policies. I was reading today about this idea of having 
um, cheap childcare within a primary schools. Within schools? Yeah. Which yeah, I did see that, yeah. Seems to me um, very sensible. Again, it's all about community, isn't it? It's all about spending money on things that matter to normal people. No, that, um, that would be very popular. Yeah. Um, in terms of the uh, the immigration thing, which, as you say, they, they, I think the, the, the Tories are turning into an issue that they will campaign on, um, they're already trying to blunt that, aren't they, in respect of talking about offshoring applications themselves, but not in the sense yeah, of... Yeah, not in the from what I understand, not in the sense of sending <coughs> people anywhere, but processing applications before they get here, so that you're you know you've got application processing centres in France and you've got application processes in different places around the world um, that can prevent. I don't people. think that that's. Um, I don't think that was that would be particularly interesting as a strategy. No. I think I think it's very sensible. But in terms of what the electorate want, they want mm. clearer cut messages, don't mm. they? Well, the uh, clear cut message uh, would be the public services. I think that that would, to me, that would yes. be where I'd concentrate if I were them. Yeah, you've only got to talk hospitals, doctors, dentists, haven't you? Yeah, and and you can stop there. You know, you can then go on about the police mm. and schools and social care. But but yeah, but anyone who's tried to get uh, an NHS dentist appointment, an NHS doctor's appointment, yeah. Or an NHS hospital appointment will have a story. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that that, that that's what I'd do on that front. Um, can, can we? Are you? Are we bold enough to predict the result? <laughs> yes, yeah, so. I'm going to have a go. Yeah. So, what I thought I'd lead with is how many seats will a Labour win? Because there's no question in my mind that they will win. Mm-hmm. And. Um, depending on how good your maths is, what majority they'll have. So if I can go first, Mm. uh, there are 650 seats in Parliament. Yeah. So to get a score draw, you need to get 325, don't you? Yeah. That's half of them. So anything above that is a majority. Yeah, sorry, go on. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, there are obviously the others, the uh, SNP and the the, the Irish. Yes. Yeah. Go on, sorry, I'm But they're within that. They're within. They're that within that six fifty, aren't they? They are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not just dis- sorry. I'm so, not ignoring yeah, them. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but I think Labour will obviously take from the SNP, given what's been going up north of the border. So my prediction is for Starmer to win between three hundred seventy-five and four hundred seats. That's what I was thinking. So at the top end, seventy-five seat majority. Yeah. Is that, that that's uh, what you're saying, isn't it? Oh, you have to do the maths, don't you? I think it's more than that. Three hundred. So four hundred. Yeah. No, no, it's more than that, isn't it? Four hundred. You got four hundred of two hundred fifty, six hundred fifty seats, haven't you? Two hundred fifty seat majority. Oh no, it's the other way around. One hundred fifty seat majority. One hundred fifty. Yeah, top so end. How do you get that? I'm, yeah. I'm a bit lost because three hundred twenty-five is, six, is, the, is the the bit where you you get over a majority. And if you've got 400, well, then it's 75 you, seat majority, isn't it? No, because for every one you win above that, they lose one, don't they? It it goes both ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, and you, you go with your, your prediction. How many seats four, will he win? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, keep I, it simple. Yeah. I'm saying they're going to win <laughs> four, top end 400 seats. 400 seats. I think I'd go a little bit more than that in my top end. I think my top end would be... Ooh. Would be four hundred and twenty-five. I think we're we're four two five. Yeah. Um, See, um, that only leaves of all the rest. That only leaves two hundred and twenty-five, right? Mm. Yeah. So there's your majority. And there's a there's a Take wipe one from out the there for for the Tories. I don't think they're going yeah. to do very well this year at all. That's the top. That's end. a two hundred seat majority. Two hundred seat majority. No, I don't get. I don't. I don't see where you're coming from on that. It's not two hundred seat majority. 300, 325 is It's a hundred seat majority. Yeah, but don't forget. If if there are six hundred and fifty seats. Yeah. Yeah, and Starmer has four hundred twenty five of them. Yeah. His his, his rest, majority is a hundred hundred. Because that's how no. much he can get. That's how many he can claim over and above what the other side have got. 
Okay, let's <laughs> let's park the maths, yeah. but let's keep it simple. Yeah, you're saying top end four hundred. Yeah, and twenty five. I'm saying top end four hundred. So in fact, there's not a lot of difference between us. No, to be honest, no. it's in the rounding. Um, I did look up the great Blair victory um, uh, when he fought um, John Major, mm. Paddy Ashdown. And he got, well, you know, we're not far off, 418 seats. So seven different. So you're saying, mm. yeah, you're saying he'll beat Blair. Yeah, I think so. The legendary Tony Blair. I, I, I think there's, and because of the what's happened over the last few years, I don't think um, in yeah. normal in normal um, times that he would have done that. But I think it's, I mean, it's unfortunate okay. for the Tories, but I think they've compounded the errors. And I think what what happen, what happens between now and the election, I think that's one of the arguments that that the, the analysts are putting forward as to why he might go for an early election. I think these stories are going to roll. I mean, the, 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 you know, the stories which we haven't covered, like the um, the Michelle Moan story and and the other stories behind all that. These are yeah. going to continue to roll out over the next few months, and I think that's going to do nothing but damage to um, to to Sunak himself. Um, and we we we've got a preliminary report coming from the COVID inquiry, haven't we? Which uh, which is coming during the course of the next few months as well, which is quite Do you know, I didn't, I didn't know that. Mm. Um, yeah, there's... I thought we had another three years of that. That's the final report, but there's a preliminary report that, that yeah. they're going to release, so that will be interesting as well to see um, who who is implicated in, in what fashion in, in that regard. So I think we're both on the same page, aren't we, with regard to... Uh, even though we might disagree yeah. on the majority, we're both on the same Well, I thought what we'd do is we'd see what the result was and then invite Rachel Reeves in to come and give us a maths lesson. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. So that's domestically, um, and I think the other big, uh, the other big story, isn't it, is is what's going to happen across the pond, because that's going to have an impact yeah. worldwide. So, um, so I've had a, I've had a quick look at that, and I'm sure you have in terms of uh, all the figures and the polls seem to be suggesting, albeit that um, it's open to to change. That, that Trump looks as though he's going to be re-elected, doesn't he? What, what's your... It's hard to... Well, other than this week, it was quite interesting, isn't it? Some of the state's courts have been ruling that it would be illegal for him to stand on the ballot mm. papers. Colorado it? is the one who started this. Yeah, there was yeah. one other one. And um, on the basis of the sort of incitement of violence mm. issue... Yeah. In the cap in capital. Yeah. So whether that gets legs, uh, because mm. I I wasn't sure if he can contest that whether he's got any it, right of reply it, on it, that. Yeah, he can he can go to the Supreme Court, which is loaded with Republican. Right. You know, remember he put there was a big um, hoo ha at the time when he was in in office because he loaded it with um, a place. There was a woman. Do you remember the? I can't remember her name now. That he put onto the bench know, of the Supreme Court when the other, when the 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 the, the darling of the um, of the liberal, she passed away, didn't she? I can't remember her name now. Anyway, no, he can contest it. Um, I think the other one you were talking about is because uh, Colorado have actually put that in place. I think Michigan were looking at it as well, but I think they they unfortunately they ruled the other way. Um, so. Will be oh, okay. Yeah, will be interesting to see um, to see what happens there. But yeah, other than that, it it and wherever, whether it be he'll be inside or whatever by that time, mm. uh, oh. it, it's difficult to see him not winning. One thing, if if you're um, a, a politico, one thing that's quite interesting to watch out for, I think, in the first few months, is. Um, this lady Nikki Haley, you know, the one who used to be. Yeah, the, you've mentioned her before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're, they're suggesting that, that um, the first few primaries are the ones where she needs to break out and do well 
and then the anticipation is that if she's going to get anywhere that she builds all the way through but the first okay. she's strongest in the first two which are, I think we start in February so it'd be interesting to watch what happens uh, eh, 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 because she's she's perceived to be a much um, much more traditional Republican safer pair of hands um, but she's got to have a good start because um, most of the Republican mainstream are still ostensibly backing Trump. I don't think any of them want to break ranks because they don't <coughs> want to be seen to be... He doesn't take kindly, does he, to people who question anything that he says, really. Um, and, and, and as we've established, um, I think... Um, Ron de Sanctimonious seems Sanctimonious. To, he seems to have faded from view. I don't think there's much chance of uh, of his breaking through now. I think he's he's a busted flush, which is quite quite interesting, isn't it? Because he was the golden boy this time last year, almost. He was. Mm. So your prediction is that Trump wins the nomination and wins. <coughs> I think yeah. so. I think so. Yeah. Um again there are on the other side of the coin. Um there's a couple of there's two or three different people who are challenging Biden um in the primaries. Right. Did, did you know that there's there's a guy called Dean Phillips who's a congressman from No, I haven't come across him. Yeah, from Minnesota. And um he effectively is saying that he thinks Biden has done an absolutely fantastic job and he wouldn't have done anything differently other than he feels that it's time for the torch to be passed to a younger generation. So that'll be quite interesting to see whether there's enough traction behind that Safe, safe ground? Mm, mm. He, he's not... He's done you know, such a good job, he wants him to go. He, well, he, <laughs> well, I think, yeah, yeah. Um, I think if there's break on... I, it, all the polling would appear to suggest if there's a break on either side, if either of the candidates are replaced by anybody who's who's not completely loony, um, then they will win because I think the the American public are not particularly um, uh, enamoured by either Biden or Trump in that regard. There's another. Okay. I should say there's another lady on the on the Democrat side as well, a lady called Marianne Williamson. Um, and she's a she's a self-help guru who's appeared on Oprah Winfrey um, and and she was also Oprah Winfrey's spiritual advisor this lady's 70 um, and and she feels the only way to defeat Donald Trump is to harness love for political purposes which sounds like a, a right. lovely idea doesn't it really harnessing love and she, she's 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 in the in the race. Is she's she? in the race for Democratic nomination. Yeah, she's seventy. She's you know okay. almost as old as you are. No, <laughs> <laughs> mere slip of a lass. <laughs> so yeah, she's, right. um, So we we shall see. We shall see. So what's your prediction on that front then? What do you think? Um, well, I'd i i do worry if if trump wins and some of the crazy things he'll do what what has he said i'll be a dictator for a day and then i'll back off mm. and he's he's basically said his his dictatorship will con, consist of the order the executive order to drill 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 so that's for oil mm. for, for clarity and the second thing i think was that he was going to end the war in ukraine in 24 hours. Yeah. That's what he said. Well, the only way I can see that happening is for him effectively getting on the blower to to Vladimir and saying, you can have what you want, we're not interested anymore. Do you not think? Yeah, I think they'll want a return on investment. It'll be something along the lines of, look, if you want a quick end to this, you can have X, Y, Z, and we'll back off. Mm. Yeah, and everyone can claim victory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but but who? I've no idea what he's thinking no. when he says that. So do you I think, hope it's something like that, and yeah. not something else. Do you think he'll? Do you think he'll win? Then are you on on board with that? You think he's? Um, uh, yeah, I think so. 
it's beginning yeah. to look like it's a it's a non-stop um, steam train, isn't it? Really heading down towards. Yeah, it, unless the only the only spanner in the works is this legal challenge, mm. because I'm not sure how quickly he'll challenge it. But if he was to lose in the Supreme Court, uh, which must be based on law, not yeah, not emotion, then um, others might be tempted to do likewise. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Well, we should. And that could be a really weird way for him not to win. Yeah, and it would cause all sorts of commotion within the country, wouldn't it? Um, it would. I, I, you know, the, <laughs> the country's so split, isn't it, the the, the US, yeah. that I think that would almost set off a civil strife. But, um, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But, um, so to get off the fence, yes, I mean... If this is a prediction pod, yeah. So yes, a Trump win. Okay, okay. So are you there as well? I'm just, there as just, well. Just checking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're yeah. both we on the same. Yeah. We're both in the same paddock on yeah. that one. I think he's. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, um, but we shall see. The stranger things have happened at sea, and there might be a new candidate that bursts mm-hmm. through, and changes the equation completely. Um. So we're nearly we're nearly there actually for our. I just wondered whether you're a bit of a football man, aren't you? Yeah, enjoy my football. Yeah. So, Premier League this year then. This yep. is the big one. We've done all the the, the minor yep. stories. The big one. Yes, yes, yeah. Who's who's going to win? Who? Well, what's your top three? Do you think for the Premier? Top League? three. My top three are um, Arsenal, City, Liverpool, and in that order. Well. We've got the same top three, but in a different order. I've got okay. Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal. And you had okay. Arsenal, oh, Man City, Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah, so, they did. Uh, yeah. And are you doing the bottom? I'm doing really the bottom, people? yeah. Do the yeah, bottom? Yeah. Um, what, are your, what are your predictions for the bottom then? Um, I'm going to go um, Forest, um, Burnley, Sheffield in that order. So, yeah, well, crikey, that's, that's interesting. Forest, Burnley and Sheffield, yeah. Forest 18th, yeah. Burnley 19th, Sheffield 20th. Well, I've, got, I've got Burnley and I've got Sheffield, but um, I, I, I think um, Luton, fairly mm-hmm. story though it might be, I think Luton are, are destined for the you could be right as well. So, uh, um, yeah, I thought that, but I thought I'll just spice it up a bit Yeah. and yeah. annoy anyone in Nottingham. Yeah, good result for Forest the other day, though, wasn't it? Where they beat the tune. Yes, was very good. Uh, yeah, yeah it was it very was, good. It was, um, yeah, that must have been galling, I think, when you when you consider <coughs> who scored the goals. But there we are, such is football. Uh, yes, yeah. Well, that's it, I think, for our predictions for the coming year. And all that remains is to wait for the next twelve months and see what happens. But we'll be um, we'll be back again next week with. Um, more news of when's Parliament back? Do you know? Do you know what date they they? Um, I'm going to say the week after next. Yeah, so they've got a longer Christmas holiday than most mm. of their okay. most of their constituents, haven't they? Well, I wish you a happy New Year, guy. Yeah, happy New Year, Sean, and to all our listeners. Yeah, and see you soon. Well, that's it for this week. We hope you enjoyed Riff Raff News. Please leave some comments on the app or on our Facebook page. And uh, please subscribe and then episodes will drop automatically into your podcast feed.